in tune with Naledi Muleo for the youth by the youth. It's five minutes after 12. Good afternoon to you. Welcome to In Tune here on SAFM. I'm Naledi Muleo with you until one o'clock, and that's when Mr. Richard Wamba takes over with the African Connection. But this is the hour that's supposed to, that focuses specifically on young people. And um, last week, as we saw the protests and looting and um, violence in parts of Gauteng and the xenophobic uh, protesting as well, we we thought let's actually have a discussion on xenophobia and children, right, and where young people fit into all of this. Quite often, when there are when there is looting, it is young people themselves that are filling up the streets and and um looting stores so and then and then there's the, the the issue of children so i don't know if you if you've all seen this but it also was circulated quite a bit on social media that letter that eastley primary school had sent to parents of foreign children um it read Department of Home Affairs was here on Friday the 17th of February. Please note that these are the instructions that were given to us by them. All learners' documents have to be up to date. All parents' documents have to be up to date. Every parent needs to bring in the originals to be verified as we have some fraudulent documents. Parents have until the 24th of February to bring them in. If not, your children will not be allowed on government school property. And if foreign, ch- and if foreign children ar- arrives here, well, even the grammar's wrong, interesting, arrives here on Monday, we'll phone the police to come and collect your child, and you can collect your child at the police station. How are we sending letters like that out to parents and telling parents that they will pick their children up at a police station? Um, they did withdraw the letter, but we're going to talk about it uh, a little bit more. I'll take your calls as well, 891 I'll speak to Liesl Muller, who's an attorney and head of statelessness uh, projects at Lawyers for Human Rights. Pam, Pam Jackson is director of Ons Black Projects for Female Street Children. And uh, Martha Shumba is with uh, the organization, organization of African Youth. She's also an activist, a writer, and a speaker. In fact, she's written us a little poem on this issue. Let's have a listen to that.
fear. You once died in diaspora, but not in this way. We succeeded in destroying fellow Africans just for particularism. Cry, Africa, cry. Your success is not final. The courage of whipping voices is what counts. Black out their ears as you please and shout, die for another die. Perforate their ears and shout, die for another die. But you won't destroy the spirit of a crying woman, the spirit of a mother whose child is almost eaten alive. You won't destroy my voice, the whipping soul, till justice is done. Cry, Africa, cry. Their beloved continent. Rekindle the one flames of togetherness. Africa, revamp the fading spirit of unity. Africa, stop sowing the wind or you reap the wild wind. Africa, remember the flowers of tomorrow are in the seeds of today. Africa, cry the beloved continent. Cry, Africa, cry. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. I just such an, such an abrupt ending. I wanted to speak over that. <laughs> what do you call that? It's called Cry Africa. Cry Africa by Cry Martha Africa. Shumba. Yes. Um, and she's in studio with us right now. Martha Shumba is um, youth, uh, is SA chairperson, activist, writer, speaker, coach, and poet as well. And she's with the Organization of African Youth uh, sharing that poem with us. And, well, peace with us. It's more than just a poem and it's beautiful. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. All right. Yeah. What a ball. I'm trying to learn some Shona, you know. Ah, it's really ball. Aha. There we go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm joined on the line as well by Liesl Muller, who's an attorney and head of um, statelessness projects at uh, Lawyers for Human Rights. Liesl, good, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I also have Pam Jackson on the line, but we'll speak to Pam Jackson a little bit later on. I'm just going to ask her to just stay on the line and keep listening. Um, but, Liesl, let's start with you. I opened off the show with reading that letter um, mm-hmm. from Eastleigh Primary School. And I remember when I saw this go around on social media, I was, oh, I was, I was, I was, I was taken aback, right? If any, if any foreign child arrives here on Monday, we will phone the police to come and collect your child, and you can collect your child at the police station. Could this have really been direct instructions from the Department of Basic of, of, of Home Affairs? Well, yes, I was also very shocked by, by the letter, and um, we, we did do a press statement with the Centre for Child Law and Equal Education to address it because we thought it was so important. Um, even after the letter was withdrawn. And um, Steve, um also then in social media said that they did not give those instructions about the arrest. Um, I find it really uh, shocking that a principal would put in that kind of language and, and that kind of threat um, in an official letter. So I don't think the arrest, uh, um, uh, the arrest instructions came from Home Affairs uh, probably not, and they say that they didn't say that. Mm. But the other instructions are instructions that I have been hearing from various schools um, saying that um, if there's going to find principals who allow children at school or, or principals are going to be arrested. So these kinds of threats to keep children out of school are threats that I have been hearing um, increasingly. Mm. And you, you in fact, have um, urged the Department of Home Affairs and Basic Education to, to, to do what exactly? So what we'd like to see is that um, Home Affairs clarifies the position. Um, many principals uh, feel pressured by Home Affairs to not allow children into school, and uh, we'd like Home Affairs 
to clarify that uh, principals will not be arrested um, if they allow undocumented children into school. They will not be fined. And then we, will, we also uh, would like the Department of Basic Education to support schools um, and not just to, uh, you know, hear these rumors or get warnings from home affairs, but to also to, um, interpret the Constitution for themselves and, and, um, and you know, follow their own acts because their own acts also, um, you know, make it very clear that no child may be allowed, may be refused schooling on any discriminatory grounds, mm. of which, uh, you know, being undocumented would be one. So we'd like both um, departments to take a firm stance um, and implement their own acts and the Constitution um, and not uh, refuse any child access to school. I mean, now the concern is, and you've talked about the rights that children have to access to education, even if they are foreign nationals. Um, and I think it's, what is it, the, the, the Refugees Act are entitled yes. to get um, permits and education and all of that. Now, when, when a parent feels that that right is being infringed, what is it that they can do? Aside from the, you know, now we share the letters on social media, we have these discussions in mainstream media, but what redress is there for parents at Eastley High, at, at Eastley, is it primary school, at Eastley High? Yes, so, I mean, you can, as a parent, you can report the situation to the department. Um, as I understand, the Department of Basic Education uh, then um, asks the school to, to, to retract the letter and to allow children to enter. Um, so you can report it to the department. There are um, a certain internal, um, you know, complaint mechanisms that you can use. And mm-hmm. then, of course, if all else fails, you could ask the court. Um, to make a declaration on your rights and to um, enforce them. It's just a bit more of an extensive and, uh, you know, um, time-consuming relief. Yeah. I, let's, let's, let's leave it here. Maybe we can, you know, I don't know, have, um, you know, close it off with you, Liesl, as you just maybe talk to us about um, the, the, those, those very rights and what legislation actually says because once we're, we're empowered we know where to look for the legislation then we, we feel a little bit stronger so where, where, is, where is the legislation that speaks for children of foreign nationals in South Africa? Okay, so I mean firstly you have the constitution which makes it clear that every person in South Africa has the right to basic education and that actually includes adults um, the, the schools act then makes it compulsory for a child between 9 and 15 to go to school. Um, so there, there are those uh, two measures that, that make it um, that, that make it clear that, that uh, you know children should be getting basic education and, and we can't actually take that away from them. Mm. Then there's been a lot of case law on um, the fact that the constitutional rights, the very basic fundamental rights, apply to all people in South Africa. Um, it's not uh, confined only to citizens. Um, you know, those rights to dignity and um, uh, those rights, the courts have said that they have no nationality. Mm. And, and the right to study, they said, is so integral to the right to dignity, you know, to be able to, to further your, um, uh, you know, to be able to educate yourself. Um, then the, the Department of Basic Education then also has several acts, um, as I mentioned, the Schools Act and then the, the education policies which say that... Um, Children may not be discriminated against in admission. Mm. Um, that act also says that you are allowed, um, the school uh, is permitted to give the child some uh, time to, to sort out their documentation status. Right. And that it shouldn't be um, refused just on that basis. It also says that the, the school must assist the child 
And, you know, this is particularly true for child-headed households. Mm. And then just on refugees and asylum seekers, um, they uh, do not need a study permit. And we often get this, that, uh, you know, that refugees need asylum seekers permit. Oh, not asylum seeker permit, they need um, study permit. Mm. But actually the, uh, the refugee and the asylum seeker permit is also a study permit. And, you know, we find uh, a lot of the time that uh, refugees and asylum seekers have a hard time renewing uh, their permits because of uh, the high level of corruption at the refugee offices. Mm. Um, yeah, mm. so there are all these different acts. And then if people also have uh, difficulty accessing schools, then of course they can also approach lawyers' human rights or equal education um, or the Center for Child Law and, and we can also advise. Yeah. Yeah, but listen, just give us a website so that if people feel that they okay. need help from you, how, how do we get in touch with the Lawyers for Human Rights? Okay, so our website is um, www.nhr.org.za. Great stuff. And we have a, um, an office in Braunfontein and one in Pretoria, and our address is on the website. Yeah, thanks for the chat, Liesl. Keep up the good work. Okay, thank you so much. Great stuff. Liesl Muller is an attorney and head of statelessness projects at uh, Lawyers for Human Rights. She's on Twitter at Liesl Mull. Um, when we come back, we'll speak to Pam Jackson on the psychological effects of xenophobia on children, and we'll also hear from a pan-African youth organization, the OA Youth, Martha Shumba, representing OA Youth on this issue when we come back. In tune with Naledi Muleo. It is indeed in tune. I'm Naledi and I'm in studio now with Martha Shumba, SA chairperson of the Organization of African Youth and on the line as well as Pam Jackson, director of Onsplak Projects for Female Street Children. Um, Pam, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Mm. And thank you for that amazing opening. Yeah, that and Martha did that. Martha, that was stunning. In fact, we had a, we have an SMS from Joe in Peter Marsberg that says, "Can't help texting while driving." Heartbreaking poem. Mm. Joe, don't text while you drive, though. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Joe. Yeah, it was no. It, it really was beautiful. Pam, you know we we forget so often about children in all of mm. this, don't we? We, we? we 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 talk about the politics of it all. We talk about porous borders, we talk about crime, we call each other names, but we don't mm. think about what this does to the, the, the psychological effects of xenophobia on children, and I know that's, mm. what, that's what your focus is as well. Yes, we, we run children's homes for street children or children who are at risk of becoming street children, and we, so we deal, with this, um, we deal with the feelings from both sides, from the South Africans and from the foreign children. Mm. Um, and I think the feelings are very obvious, it's the same as an adult would feel. You feel afraid, discriminated against, angry, not having a fair chance in life, you've already been through trauma. But the other thing that children experience, the children of foreign um, parents, is the humiliation of watching their parents queue in home affairs and be treated like absolute dirt. And if we accompany them, we are treated the same way. Mm. Um, Mm. Yeah, so the whole thing of a child being able to trust their parents, to protect them, look after them, etc., is worn down, and that leads to tremendous fear. Yeah. Oh, I also want to just, can I just add, because I know we're very short of time, South African children. South African children who stand up for their friends um, fear the consequences and get the consequences. Mm. Or they don't stand up for their friends and they feel absolutely terrible. And sometimes to compensate, they will change their own minds and become persecutors as well. 
What are we doing, right? I mean, we're creating persecutors. We're creating young children that have inferiority and superiority complexes. This can't be the way we lead ourselves forward. OA Youth is a pan-African organization. Martha, what is, what is the word from young people within this organization when we see things like what we saw last week? What we saw last week is uh, heartbreaking, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And um, most of uh, the young people that we work with are from South Africa and from the rest of uh, uh, Africa because we have branches in 24 countries. Mm-hmm. So now how do we work together when one of us is a victim and has been attacked last night? Mm-hmm. It's, it's heartbreaking. And uh, from our organization, we, we stand together as Africans to create change, to create the Africa that we want to live in, in order to behave like, I don't know what word to use, but it's something that should stop and should stop right now. Yeah, I, I wonder, though, if there isn't enough of a youth voice, and I, and, I, and I mean specifically a youth South African voice speaking on this issue, that... Quite often you've got official voices, no, no to xenophobia, you've got the media. But do you have enough young South Africans that are saying, not in my name? I wonder if you feel that that's something that's missing, Martha. Yeah, I, I, I do feel, I do feel some, some of these young people uh, in South Africa, I understand their frustrations with uh, foreigners coming here and taking our job, as they say, and crime as well. Um, but... Standing together, we can do more. Mm. And uh, it's not like we are we are trying to 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 uh, to say um, what they are saying is not important. It is very important. We we, we actually feel their pain, mm. but that is not the way to go. Yeah. Um, I, I talk now about this activism that I'm almost asking for from from young people, Pam, especially young South African people. So, oh, no, are there enough of us that are willing to say not in my name? But that that kind of responsibility comes with a certain kind of parenting, right? And we, yeah. you know, we do the same thing with racism in South Africa. We say, no, no, racism is passed down. It's yeah. taught in the home. Um, xenophobia is passed down. It's taught in the home. Now, when you are a young person or a parent, especially living in, um, in in Rosettenville, and you see some of these things, what are the conversations we should be having with our children when these things happen around us? Yeah, what we've been doing in the homes, and I think one can do it anywhere, and we're doing it in schools as well, is you start off with what was the taxi discussion today? What are people saying? Mm. And then what are your beliefs? And then you look at the beliefs because people are taking our jobs. That's not strictly true. Um, All Nigerians are criminals. It's also not true. So we're just in a very relaxed atmosphere where anyone can say whatever they like and they will not be condemned for it. We look and we explore. Mm. And that's how we're dealing with it in the homes. Mm. Um, So I think a family can very much, very well do that. mm. Just give give young people, give kids a context. I've got an SMS here that says, Good day. Why don't we for once discuss the causes, not the symptoms? Why are Zimbabweans leaving their home in the thousands on a daily basis? The tensions wow. will only be there um will always be there since South Africa can only carry so much. Hmm. Do you want to respond to that, Father? Yes. I think I can say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, that's a good question. 
and uh, thus I will say it to um, foreigners who are here, foreign nationals, try to integrate uh, to integrate with uh, local citizens. When you tell your story why you are here, they understand you more better. Mm. And it is our duty as individuals, organizations, and the government as well to educate South Africans as to why foreigners come here. Mm. Zimbabweans didn't just wake up and say, we just want to be in South Africa. It is where it happened. We miss home. Mm. We want to go home. But the situation back home won't allow us. Some people were tortured. Some, some people are here. Uh, they are rape victims. Mm. If we look at uh, people who come from DRC, their families were murdered. Mm. So I think in that way, if, if we manage to integrate with each other as foreigners, we manage to tell our story. Organization of African Youth is partnering with the Baptist Refugee Ministry. It's uh, led by Mr. Dudu Kanda. He's mm. uh, from DRC and um, he's working on um, a project that can uh, benefit local people mm. and at the same time be a voice for the refugees. Yeah. Um, let's take a few calls, right? 0891104207. Tony is in Johannesburg. Tony, good afternoon. Hi. Afternoon, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Look, what I want to comment that we say xenophobia, xenophobia. The xenophobia is where it is it's in a homophobia itself. You know, the system of the homophobia itself is xenophobic. The system you know, of I what? I in South Africa in 2003 when the minister of Nkosasani uh, Dilamini Zuma, okay. he's the minister of the homophobia that time. Mm. And after that, there's a Naledi Pando. Then after it came to the, now the minister of Malutse Gigawa. Uh. I said to the minister of Malutse Gigawa, listen, I was been staying in the country more than over this time, and the children of this country, if the children were born in Europe or in UK somewhere like that, they cannot take the system of the country. You know what they did is here, the system itself, they don't want the foreigners to have a document. They don't want foreigners to have the right document. That is what the, 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 the Omafes is said. They said, now the minister is saying, stop xenophobia. Okay, why not they must fix the system, the foreigners must have right document. Now, what's happening in, in before view in Joburg? Mm. He said, my uncle, his two children, until now, they are not going to his school because the children was being born in here and they got everything, they got a birth certificate and everything. So they said, he must bring the ID. So I said, where are we going to get the ID? Mm. Because they didn't give us ID. Mm. So these two children, before they are two years, they are studying in that school. Now the school, they say, no, you must bring the, the ID. Then we say and that none of those don't documents. have an ID, mm. they are a foreigner. Mm. So totally I'm saying that the home office itself is xenophobia. That human right is a business, you mm. know. Tony, yeah, thanks for texting. They are not doing nothing for okay. the foreigners. Yeah, Tony, thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. I think that point is made. Godfrey is in Boxburg. Godfrey, good afternoon. Sister Lady, how are you? I'm um, well, my brother. How are you? I'm all right. Sister Lady, mm. next year to 2018, it's going to be 10 years since, 2008. Uh, since we've been mm. dealing with the xenophobic attacks. And mm. in the process, mm. innocent foreigners are caught up and children, as you speak. Mm. Um, but we haven't been having an innocent and honest discussion. And I think if we did, even peace-loving foreigners would have joined in and helped to solve the problem. But we have been speaking past each other the past 10 years, not coming to the problem. The people are complaining about something else. The 
society or rather say government and the media are labeling it something else. And 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 we need to really come to the issues to say are we re- there's for example an What is the issue that we're overlooking? What is it? And clarify don't 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 speak around it. Speak directly, Godfrey. Yeah, let me let me speak about the two things which have already been mentioned. For mm. example, number one, crime. Um someone raised an argument and say you can't say a crime of the foreigners um, is a problem. But what happens when you have a house and you have your brother who is a thief? Does it give legitimacy for another brother to come and steal into your house just because you have another thief in your home? That's the conversation we must have. The second issue is about unemployment, which is 25%. It's mm-hmm. the issue of logic to say, if you have 25% unemployment and you are still bring, opening the borders and bringing people, are you not uh, cooking a pot that's going to explode? Listen to Malice Gava's solution. He's saying companies must employ 60% of South Africans and 40% of foreigners, which means out of the 25%, he's targeting 15% South Africans to be employed. Do you still think that the 10% who are unemployed will still let go? It will be still be 20, the year 2030, and we will still be having the same conversation. Now, let me, let me say this to you, Godfrey, that because um, you're making some very strong points, and you've obviously thought these through. Um, and let's go back to the first one of crime. You, 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 you're, you're, you're true in saying that there are things that we haven't yet addressed in the past 10 years, and that is crime. But what we haven't done is, what we have in fact done is club crime together with the word foreigner. And we haven't then said crime is criminality and that needs to be dealt with. And even if you are a foreigner in South Africa, you have a role to play in fighting crime as well. That's, a, that's an important of, point. Of course. Now, of course. But now, yeah. And, and, and now this one of, um, of employment, that, that one is a difficult one. But does, it, does that mean that we need to then engage with whichever entity it is that, that needs to be regulating employment in South Africa and not, in fact, taking to the streets and looting and burning because that approach is, that's what we're doing and that's got nothing to do with, yeah. with policy. That, yeah, that, that approach is wrong. But, but let me come a little bit to the issue of crime. Yeah? Mm. The caliber of people who are coming into South Africa are lady. <laughs> Let me give you an example. Very recently, Zimbabwe could not pay its soldiers. Yeah? Mm. A lot of soldiers, highly trained assassins, People who are specialized killers, they have flocked into South Africa. You, you can't compare those people to an average South African. I can give you a recent example with the guy who terrorized in Pumalang. We know him. The guy who, who, who even murdered someone using a, a, a concoction of cancer. You know, sophisticated methods of killing. We have picked those kind of people as our neighbors. Now, you compare that to an average um, thief of South Africa. Who is just a young boy oh, okay, or a young country. No, country. No, <laughs> no, 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 country. I'm <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna let you go, country. Only because I need to, I need to make space to, for, for other voices. Yeah. No, God, Freeman. You know that, that, that on, the, on the same side of that coin, there are so many skilled South Africans, Zimbabweans that are contributing <coughs> yes. to our economy in South Africa, right? Pam, do you want to step in here? Uh, we haven't heard your voice in a while. You know, uh, Tony said something. Um, and and mm. he touched on children and, and access to education, and that one is the very sad one. Do you want to comment on that? On children, I, I don't quite hear what he said. But children's access to education, the children, our children, our foreign children, are saying they are just people. Mm. They've come to our country as we went to their country many years ago when we were in trouble. They've come to our country. They have a right to live. 
I just want to say, you know, if I remember myself at school, I was the best swimmer. Mm. Another girl came who could swim faster than me. Mm. And I remember feeling the same anger that people feel. Oh, that's You know, on that level. Like, she's, I was threatened. But I didn't have the right to be the best swimmer. And I don't think we have, anyone has the right to deny anybody education. Mm. We have to educate, and those people will be part of our society, as they are in America and Canada, and they can make South Africa great. Mm. Oh, I love that analogy, right? Wow. I love that analogy. I was the best swimmer in school, and another girl came, and she was a better swimmer. And I was jealous, but I didn't have a right to be because I no longer was the best swimmer. Mm. And you just got to improve yourself. It's, it's, it's difficult times, you know, but you respond to Godfrey. I know that that's... <laughs> hey, Godfrey had a lot to say, uh, Godfrey, 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 Godfrey. <laughs> okay, but I do understand where he's coming from. Yes, I think we do have uh, our, our borders, South African borders, open to everybody. But they, they process, there is a process. You don't just come here and you are an assassin and start terrorizing people. We have seen so many Zimbabweans who are running legit uh, businesses here. Mm. We have got Nigerians who are doing business. We have got Pakistanians. We have Indians who are doing business here and actually employing uh, South Africans. Mm. So why are we focusing on one negative person and uh, painting that person as Zimbabweans are doing this? Uh, um, mm. Nigerians are doing this. If somebody is a criminal, is an assassin, treat that person as a criminal mm. and let the law take its course. Mm. Let's not paint everybody the same. The same. I can start telling you what I've done here in South African but communities. You know, a, can, I, can I say something though? Yes. And this is, this is now where it gets even more sticky. And I'm, mm. I'm going to give Godfrey this one. Okay. That where there is criminality within our communities and understanding that these are the stereotypes that South Africans hold, surely the 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 the, the the law-abiding Nigerian in, in, in Rosettenville has a responsibility as well yes. to fight crime. And when we complain about drugs in Rosettenville, we make it South Africans against Nigerians. But why is it that Nigerians are not joining the other side to say, no, hold on, let's fight crime? Uh, to comment on that, we have got uh, many foreigners mm. who are actually working uh, on that. Mm. Uh, like the guy that I mentioned, Dudu from the Baptist Refugee Ministry. We are partnering with them at Organization yeah. of African Youth. We are actually fighting crime. We, we, we don't care whether you come from Nigeria or you come from where. It's not us against them, mm. but it's all of us against crime. Yeah. And that's we join that's in. the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Um, one last caller. Kadi is in Bumalanga. Kadi, good afternoon. Hello, hello, everyone. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, sister. Yes, I think, I don't know, I'm so tired of all the talking. But anyway, <laughs> I think one important aspect that we overlook is are human beings by nature not territorial? Mm. Even if we don't go the xenophobia route and everything, people have naturally will protect their state. You can be as local as you want to be, whether you're from Zimbabwe, Nigeria, even in your own country, you're territorial by nature. Mm. So I think this is just a natural element, and I think sometimes we, we are so bogged down with talking too much and talk, and you know, we fail to see the, the trees for the, you know, the wood, as they say. Heidi, that's a dangerous thing to say. You're saying xenophobic, so xenophobia is natural. That's a very dangerous I'm saying, thing to say. I'm saying it's not xenophobia. Oh. I think people are, are going on about it. I don't think it's xenophobia. I think people are just being protective of their local space. 
So, you know, you hear comments of why don't they attack the other groups of people in, in other areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm living in an informal settlement or in a township, the people that I immediately see are the people I interact with. I may not see you in Stanton if there's another foreigner there. I'll be dealing with whoever in my immediate space, not because they're a foreigner. It's a natural thing. Mm, you okay. go to any rural areas, uh, Naledi, mm. you're from a rural area? Yes. When we go to rural areas, even as South Africans, we announce ourselves, the local chief. We don't just arrive and set up. It's taboo. You knock, you go to the local council, you announce yourself, and then they'll say, okay, they'll allocate your state. And must so you if be, we are that way be? in our own country, okay. what more? So if you do not announce yourself to the local council and to the chief and to the leader, the traditional leader, must you must you have your house raided? Must you yeah. must you have violence? And I don't I don't know. Pam, let's let's close this off. I mean, we've got parents listening, and um, all right, um, yeah, just talk to. Okay, we'll get there. Okay, not not yet, not yet. Um, Pam, how do we support the work of Ons Black Projects? Pam. Hello. Yes, there you are. Tell, tell me, tell me about um, Ons Black projects and how we support some of your work. Ons Black projects. We we started as an organisation for female street children, the first one in South Africa. We now primarily um, are preventing that problem. So the children have exactly the same problems that causing them to run onto the street, but we get them before they hit the street. Mm. Um, yeah. So. Support. We need. We just need support for our work. We need to educate the kids. We need to discipline the kids. We need to counsel the kids. They've all been through traumatic experiences. We need to make them constructive members of society, which is where this thing relates to. Because as that last speaker said, we all are territorial, but mm. that does not make it right. So we all have to learn how to live in the world, even if somebody is taking our space, our job, our promotion, whatever it is. Yeah, listen, we, Pam, I'm going to let you go. Thanks so much for the chat, and I will we'll share the website of Ons Black and contact details with our listeners as we as we wrap up. But we really appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. So we're joined now on the line by spokesperson for the Department of Home Affairs, Maishoma Trade. Um, good afternoon. Thanks for giving us your time. Oh, man. Good afternoon to your listeners. I hope I'm audible. You're you're, you're audible now. You're loud and clear. Um, so I read that letter from Eastleigh Primary, and I'm sure right. you've seen it as well, and it says these are direct instructions from the Department of Home Affairs. I'll, I'll give you an opportunity to clarify that if, if in fact, um, Department of Home Affairs has said to schools that if children don't have documentation, they must be handed over to a police station. No, the department never said that. Uh, the DG was asked about this um, morning live a couple of days ago, and he made it quite clear that the Department of Home Affairs and government at large doesn't have a policy of arresting children or, or taking children to, to police stations. Mm. But I want to be quite clear that, like we expect you, Naledi, to have an identity card, mm. we expect every single person who's coming into the country to have a form of identity. Uh, being undocumented is nothing, um, is nothing good. Um, and, and, and coming into the country without proper documentation is nothing good either. So I, I want to be quite clear that our expectation and our law says that every single individual who is in the Republic of South Africa must have the necessary documents. He needs to be in the Republic of South Africa. If not, um, that person is not in line with our laws and regulations. Mm. That's, that's, that's plain and simple, right? Um, 
your your response to the violence, though. I mean, what do you say to South Africans who involve themselves in some of the violence as as the Department of Home Affairs? Because quite often people say they're doing this um, to to assist the Department of Home Affairs to, to 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 cut down on the high numbers of foreigners that we have in the country. The department is failing. We can assist by doing this, that, and the other. No, no. <laughs> We don't want the assistance if that's the assistance they are giving us. Mm. Um, there are very clear interventions that the department is taking in, in, in making sure that all movement in the country is regular. Amongst those is the Border Management Agency, which the media and the public seldom talk about, the interventions we are doing around strengthening our border management. But it's important to note that a lot of the people that are in the country are in the country with the right documentation. So a lot of the people that people think are, are without documentation do have the right documentation. Mm. And we must be quite clear that the people who are attacking people, that few, were not scientific. They were not going to check people's documentation yes. and saying, no, let's skip this building. It's, it's, it's legally uh, um, uh, operating in the country. The people were just taking out violence. Those few were taking out violence against um, shops and individu- individuals that they could... Um, criminally exploit. Mm. So I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't um, put the two together. I wouldn't put the question of whether or not we are managing migration properly and and these xenophobic attacks into one into one thing. Separate the two. Xenophobic attacks like any other type of criminality and violence is illegal, whether it's done by a South African or a foreign national or a South African to a foreign national or a foreign national to a South African. Mm. All of that public violence is illegal. And we see this happening in South Africa in all forms of protest where the means of communicating is violence. It's violence. Yeah. I'm losing you. I don't know what's going on. That line is going wonky. But I, I right. really, yeah, I'm losing you. But I think, are you still there? I'm still here. I hope I'm, I'm audible. Yeah, now you're back. Now you're back. So. Now I'll Okay, now he's gone. <laughs> but we appreciate that. That Mike Ma- Ma- the spokesperson for the Department of Home Affairs, we're going to let it go. Uh, Martha, contact details for OA Youth. Uh, they can email me at Martha at oayouth.org uh, or visit our Facebook page, yeah. Organization of African Youth. Yes. Can I can I suggest that if you are a young activist, get in touch with the Organization of African Youth. Build a network of young activists across the continent as well. You'll understand the challenges that we experience in the rest of the continent, number one. Number two, this is how we get to intra-African trade, when young people are able to, to have these networks all across the continent. The OAU does brilliant work. Thank you so much, Martha. Thank you, Naledi. Maika Baasa Shumba. Thank you oh, so oh, much. Now I'm going to ask you to do the whole poem. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, you must give me a few. I'll recite maybe next week.